Welcome to the Uno Mas podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Kay, daughter of Christ, wife, mom, brand, and social media specialist, strategist, and coach. I invite you to join thousands of other listeners and me each week in elevating your brand, business, and life. With a foundation of faith, I help you create an irresistible brand and a voice to be heard, leveraging social media in the online space to impact individuals, build and scale communities, and develop simple strategies for a thriving and profitable online business. The Uno Mas podcast is here to inspire you to dream, think, and do big. Talking all things faith, family, life, business, and the in-between. Stop feeling overwhelmed, confused, and stuck at a standstill and start feeling confident, productive, and fueled with purpose in your life and business again. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for two reasons. Number one, hello, we are at episode 50. Can you believe it? I can't. I remember the moment that me and my husband were sitting on the couch and he looked at me and he said, we need to turn these couch conversations into a podcast. So we did. And then five episodes in, let's be real, we lost him. He pops in occasionally, but now I'm running the show and that's okay because I absolutely Absolutely love it. I absolutely adore you, my subscribers, my listeners, the loyal followers that jump in every single week to listen to another episode. The second thing I'm so excited about is who I actually get to sit down and have a conversation with today. And it's Haley Luckadoo, my girlfriend, my sister from another mister. Y'all, this woman, oh, she is just straight up fire. She's a marketing coach, a motivational speaker, and host of the Females on Fire podcast. I had the honor of being a speaker at her last Females on Fire, her first, I might add, summit, and it was straight up fire. And today we're going to be talking about all things business, We're going to be talking about boundaries, what that looks like, and the power of the word yet. Also, how you can be showing up confidently on social media. This is such a good conversation. Like, I need to wrap up this intro and let's just get into it. So, let's do that. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So I am honored to have you here on this podcast today. Like you are probably actually, no, you are one of my most favorite people that I've met on clubhouse. (laughs) I just, I love your energy. I feel like you're a sister from another mister. Honestly, that's how I feel. (laughs) And you're a fellow podcaster, just badass, badass entrepreneur. And I just can't wait to have this conversation with you, but I always start off my podcast because I love getting like the inside of the inside of who I'm talking to. So I want to know one thing that most people now your husband might know, and that's fine, but most people might not know about you. Oh, there's so many things I could say here, but I feel like I have to go with something super out of the box that nobody else will ever say. Yes. Um, because it's like one of those stories that you just don't run around telling people. And it used to be my fun fact in college. Anytime we'd have that, like, 
you know, who, who has the best fun fact. I was like, Mm -hmm. I got this. I'm going to win. I have been peed on by a Jaguar. (laughs) Yes, I have. I love, I love love saying that because it is the icebreaker of all icebreakers. Like, and it's not related to business at all. So I mean, a baby, a dog, a monkey, a Jaguar, a Jaguar. How we're going to have to pause right here for a minute. (laughs) How, how does this happen to somebody? Uh, to make a long story short, I was like three. I did. I wasn't able to read yet. <laughs> uh, my family went to this zoo and the tour guide was taking us through and he was so boring. I mean, just like the worst. And so he's standing in here with these alligators and I am bored out of my mind. And I just wandered over to the next exhibit and no one really noticed and then I'm standing there and I'm looking at this Jaguar and he's like right there. And I couldn't read the sign. That's like, do not stand in this spot right here <laughs> where you're standing. And he was like, you're mine now. Uh, marking my territory. Oh, and my uh, yeah, everybody got a great laugh at the zoo that day, but I'm one of few people I think who can say I have been peed on by a Jaguar. And please tell me this was caught on camera. It wasn't, but oh, cause that would have just, it was the night. Oh, wow. catch everything on camera like they do today. But I, I, you know, I have it up here and, and I share it. <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. That is definitely something I did not know about you. I know. I'm everybody expects you to say something about your business or your personality. And I'm like, no, nah, this is the icebreaker of all icebreakers. Oh my God. That's, that's so crazy. That's crazy. That's so funny though. All right. So you have created this amazing brand. In fact, I had such the honor to be a speaker at your females on fire summit, because that is your brand. And it was so much fun and it was amazing. So ladies, if you are listening and whenever Haley has her next summit, this is one you definitely want to be a part of, but I wanted to ask you like, because people always have this story behind, you know, the name of their brand or the, the phrase that they choose for their tagline. Right. So I'm really curious, what does females on fire mean to you? Yeah. I love this question. I mean, I started out with females on fire with the podcast and honestly didn't really plan it. You know, didn't expect to start a podcast. Didn't expect for it to go where it did. Definitely didn't expect to be doing it three years later and have it turn into a summit and all of these things. Um, but entrepreneurship is really lonely and I was feeling that like really hard back in 2018. And, you know, we're working from home. Some people have kids and they're running around taking care of the kids all day. I know that's, that's your story for me. I'm, I'm sitting here all day with like my dog and, (laughs) you know, until my husband gets home. And then I'm like, let me tell you about every single second of my day, because I haven't spoken to a human person all day long. Like, and it gets really lonely. And I think especially as women, like we need other women, right? We mm-hmm. need to have somebody we can talk to. We need to have somebody just to have a conversation with. And so I started having these conversations with women that I thought were incredible and amazing and would be more than honored to learn from. And these are women who were changing the game and disrupting their in- their industries. And they're really focused on making an impact in the world. 
And overall, more than anything else, believe that we're not meant to do life alone and that Mm -hmm. community is better than competition every day of the week, right? Yeah. Uh, They believe in community. They believe in collaboration. And so I started sitting down and having these conversations about like email marketing and social media and, you know, all of this stuff. And it just became the podcast that it is today. But to me, that's exactly what the name means is it's those women who really are disrupting the world. Mm. They're focused on an impact more than being an influencer, right? And they come together and they love other women and they love hanging out with other women and talking to other women. And they don't see competition when they look at another woman online, they see a friend. And that's what it's all about. That's what the podcast is about. That's what the summit is about. That's how I met you. Mm-hmm. And I I love it. I'm here for it. I love that. And you're absolutely right. It can't get lonely. I mean, even though I have my two-year-old, she'll be two next month <laughs> and I love her. And she makes me get my steps in every single day, right? <laughs> that I'm tracking, but yeah. you're right. It, it does, it it does get lonely and you do need to have conversations. And this is why I look forward to like this, where I can see you on zoom and we can have these conversations, but more so now than ever before social audio. I love, and that's where we met was on clubhouse, but I love that if I'm feeling disconnected or I'm feeling like I just want to talk to people, I can literally turn on an app on my phone. It's not like going live, right? Because live most often, you're not always with somebody else. You can invite people on, but it's always just you. You're still talking to yourself, (laughs) but with social audio, we can jump in these rooms and like literally have conversations with people. And then you jump off and it's like, okay, I got my fix. Like I actually had an adult conversation for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I love about social media in general, just Mm -hmm. because, I mean, you know, you make these friends and then you hop on Instagram and send somebody a voice message. And I mean, you know, we weren't able to do that like Mm -hmm. 10, 20 years ago. So it's just, it's a very cool evolution to watch how these apps and how these platforms are really like actually changing life for us and changing friendships for us. And I just think it's really cool. It's so cool. I'm kind of nervous of like where we're going to be in 10 years. Like the thought of how far we've come already. Like, am I going to be able to physically touch you through the screen now? Like, are we going to be able to shake hands? Very possible. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Right. So I am curious, you know, we talk about female entrepreneurship and we talk about it being lonely. Okay. But it can't not female entrepreneurship, just entrepreneurship in general. Um, but there's so many great things about it, but at the same time, we have to create these strict schedules for ourselves. Right. So I am curious, this is probably one of the most common questions I get when it comes to entrepreneurship is what does a typical day look like for you, Haley? (laughs) And I'm curious, like, what do you have to set certain boundaries for yourself? I, I would love to know what your typical day looks like. Yeah. I think that's the fun part about entrepreneurship is just that Mm. every day is so different, right? I mean, you know, some days you're batching content and some days you're doing podcasts and some days it's about your clients. And I mean, it's just, it's really never the same day twice, even when it is, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's always something new. (laughs) Yeah, And to me, that feels very exciting. Right. And, and that makes it fun. But yes, absolutely. Like you have to set boundaries, especially I think because entrepreneurship is just you, you're the boss, you're the employee, you're the 
everything. I mean, right? And even if you have a team, at the end of the day, it's you sitting at your desk deciding when the computer gets shut off, when you put the phone down, right? When you're done. And um, I am absolutely a recovering workaholic. Um, and I use the term recovering very lightly because we're still, <laughs> still working there. on that. <laughs> but uh, my husband can tell you it's not it's not my best quality. Um, it is and it isn't. But you know, I for me, it's okay. I want to be able when my husband gets home from his job, you know, at five o'clock, I want to be able to shut everything down and go hang out with him for the evening and not worry about clients and not worry about social media. And some days that happens and some days it doesn't. And I think the most important piece of really being a successful entrepreneur and having a schedule that feels good to you is to remember that it only has to feel good to you Mm. and just to give yourself grace for all the rest of it. So I know that there are seasons where, you know, I can close up shop an hour before he even gets home and go hang out and like watch my own TV shows and kind of indulge in a little self-care before he gets home. And there are seasons where I'm still in the office an hour or two after he's gotten home because we're working on something big. That was the case with our summit a few weeks back. So, you know, I, I think it's just really knowing yourself, knowing your business, giving yourself a lot of grace, but remembering that, you know, if everybody else is a morning person, in business, it doesn't mean you have to be a morning person. If everybody else has this amazing nightly routine and they're in bed by 10, it doesn't mean that has to be you. If everybody else works a strict, you know, six, seven, eight hour day, that doesn't mean that's what you have to do. It only has to feel good to you. I love that you say that because you hear entrepreneurs all the time say, I have this, you know, the schedule, I have this morning routine. And there's a piece of me that's like, no, you don't. You're lying. I you are hate straight. the morning routines. Oh or even God. like I'm in bed by eight o'clock every day and I wake up at 4 a.m. Like, yeah. okay, ideally we might like that. <laughs> and we might think that we accomplish that every day, but realistically, it's just not always, always, right? It's just not always happening. And I felt, you know, side story for a second. I felt so bad when I got into entrepreneurship and I felt like something must be wrong with me. Yes. And maybe I wasn't cut out to be an entrepreneur because everybody was like, Oh, these morning routines. And I get up and I work out and I journal and I do this gratitude practice and I have my smoothie and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, I'm not a morning person. I have never (laughs) been a morning person. I will never be a morning person. I am the person who stays up until 2 a.m. That's me. And sleeps until nine. And whose workday starts at like nine or 10 in the morning. And who gets her best work done at midnight. Okay. Yep. My husband goes to bed at 11. And for like three hours, I'm in there on my laptop. Like, yes, I am getting everything done. All the creativity <laughs> is flowing. And I felt like something was wrong with me for so long because everybody was like, oh my gosh, you stay up late. Oh my gosh, you don't get yeah. up early. You do your workout in the afternoon. That's so weird. And I'm like, it's not weird. It's just not you. Like, yeah, you've got to change this narrative that entrepreneurship looks like a perfect morning routine. And yeah, you know, my morning routine is fine, but it starts at 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I mean, exactly. And that, and I'll tell you this much too. For example, like full transparency, 
I, my husband took the monitor, which my daughter is typically my alarm clock because she wakes up like she has her morning routine. She wakes up no joke at the same time every day. And I hear her and she always wakes me up. But my husband was sitting outside last night and he took the monitor out there with him. So he forgot to bring it back in and plug it in next to me. Oh no. Um, So I slept past my alarm this morning, not not long, but she was just in her crib, just kind of playing like she does with her stuffed animals. And I'm like, it started my day off late. So I started, she got up late and my whole day shifted 30 minutes not a big deal, but when you have a meeting in the morning, it's a big deal. So I had to message my first client, you know, that it was me. I was like, I am so sorry, but this is my life. And this is what happened. Can we please reschedule? And she was like, absolutely. I get it. No problem. And I mean, that's the thing, like things happen and things come up and we pivot and it's okay. It's totally okay. If people don't understand, then they're not meant to be working with you in whatever aspect that might be, you know, like we have to give each other grace. And I love that you said that, but more importantly, we have to give ourselves grace, right? Oh my Uh, gosh. Yes. (laughs) Um, but here's one thing that like, I personally had to do for myself because I also, I don't want to even say I'm a recovering workaholic because I am just straight up a workaholic. Like it is just what I tried to make it sound nice, but I'm right there with you. Let's just be real, Haley. (laughs) Come on now. All right. So what I've had to do for myself, because I was the person that would have this all over the place schedule. Like I would do calls every day. I would try to get them in. I would do like, if somebody wanted to talk to me, it was more about like, well, what works with you? You know, like I had to get very clear and specific on setting blocks of time that I would do podcast recordings or that I would do phone calls because it was that in between time where it's like you said, where I get some of my greatest work done. I'm batching content. I'm coming up with ideas. I'm adjusting things on my website, whatever that might be for me. But if I have all these scattered meetings all throughout the day, you can't get focused. Like you can't get centered and in your design mode as a creator or as an entrepreneur, um, because you're always thinking, Oh, I got a meeting in 30 minutes. Oh, I got a meeting in 45 minutes. So that's one thing. That's one boundary I had to set for myself is setting specific days and blocks of time that I allow for certain things. That would be maybe the only type of routine. I'm putting air quotes around that routine that I have with my, um, with my whole day-to-day schedule is just those blocks of time. And I'm very similar to that. It's like, and I, I build into even breaks to Mm -hmm. scroll Instagram, right? Because let's, let's be honest, we're all going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you can sit there and say, Oh, I'm just not going to touch Instagram until I'm done with my work. But yeah. Right. Yes. Like I'm yeah. Like you see a not, notification and you start down the scroll hole. Happening. Come on. So for me now it's like, okay, you know, if I'm working on this task for one hour or two hours or whatever, and I see that notification pop up, I'm not even tempted to open it because I'm like, Oh, I just have to finish this task, finish mm-hmm. this hour. And I've built in a 10 minute time block to check notifications, check emails, scroll social, do whatever. And I think it's those little things Mm -hmm. that really make the difference. So if time blocking isn't something that has worked for you, 
try that. You probably mm. set way too strict of a time block schedule with yourself. I think I, it, go, it goes back to what I just said. At the end of the day, you have to know yourself, you have to know your business, and you have to realize that it doesn't have to work for anybody else but you. It's exactly. that way with morning routines. It's that way with you know your schedule. It's that way with your boundaries. It's that way with everything. It's all about what actually works for you, what makes you the most productive, the most creative, get, makes you feel like you have the most freedom in your business and makes you genuinely happy at the end of the day. Absolutely. I love, I love that. This is such a good conversation. Okay. So now let's go back into entrepreneurship. So when you think about your journey as an entrepreneur, gosh, we all have such amazing, amazing stories, but what has been one of your most pivotal pivotal moments in your career? Yeah, I think for me, I honestly believe that nothing was more pivotal than the actual start of that journey because Mm. I didn't get into entrepreneurship in a normal way, I guess. Um, I didn't like go do the corporate thing and then decide I hate it and then you know, get up the courage to leave the job and start a business. And that's awesome. And I think everybody has a very unique way that they did that, you know, but, um, for me, that wasn't it. And I was in college and, you know, to make a long story short, I was in college. I had no idea what I wanted to do because I wanted to do everything. I was very multi-passionate. I changed my major like nine times. Um, I had finally settled on criminal justice And I wanted to work with like domestic violence victims and was debating being an attorney or kind of going another route and working with a nonprofit and just kind of still didn't even know what I was going to do, but wanted to do that. Right. And had a million other things I wanted to do, but I was like, okay, everybody's like, you got to find that one thing. So I guess we'll go with this one. It'll be fine. And I had gotten engaged to this guy that I had been dating for like six years. Uh, We were high school sweethearts. Um, And I was like, you know, this is it. This is going to be good. Like there's the guy and we're going to get married the summer before our senior year of college. And then we're going to graduate together and I'm going to find a job and I'm going to figure out what exactly I'm doing. And life's going to be good. The cookie cutter life. Yeah. The cookie cutter life. Right. And I should have known I was never cut out for the cookie cutter life. Um, a month before our wedding, he called it off out of nowhere, pretty much over a text message. What? Yeah. And (laughs) we have to have a follow-up podcast on relationships. He was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm not, I'm out. I can't. Mm. And it ruined me because that was my whole world. We'd been together for six years. We were high school sweethearts. I never imagined a future that didn't have him in it. Yeah. And literally within the same week, I got a letter from my school saying, Hey, we know you were on financial aid and that's how you were going to school here, but we cut it. So don't come back unless you have tens of thousands of dollars that we know you don't have. So literally in a week's time, it was like, okay, the two things that I thought made up everything were gone. And at the end of the day, I cried my eyes out and spent weeks wallowing in it and did all the things and came back to my apartment and was like, okay, I have to pay the bills. I have to keep the lights on. I can't get another job waiting tables like I've 
been doing through college for years. I can't do it. I'm not going to get stuck there. Mm -hmm. And the only skill I felt like I had was that I had just planned my own wedding. And I had a lot of friends getting married. And so I started wedding planning and I didn't know anything about anything. And I was like, if they'll just pay me a little bit of money and I can do this until I figure out what I'm going to do next. It was never a long-term plan. And I ran that company for five years and it was very successful. And it's what got me into entrepreneurship. And I got a taste of marketing and social media and the back end of a business and how to actually make a profit. And I fell in love with that world and three years in opened a second company. And that has evolved into what I have today and working as a marketing coach. And that you heard the story of how I started the podcast that led me to do that. And podcasting led me to being a speaker and now I'm a motivational speaker. And it was just this wild, crazy journey that never would have happened without that massive setback in the beginning. So I can't think of a more pivotal moment in my journey than literally the way that it started because it's not, you know, what you normally think of when you think of getting into entrepreneurship, but looking back, it's like, wow, it really all fell into place. It's so funny. I mean, it's such an interesting story, but if you even knew how similar our stories are now, granted, I didn't have the college situation or the, the man bail on me a month before my wedding. But (laughs) as far as like, like my first, when I first started entrepreneurship, it was an event planning. Like that was, yeah. But then I realized I hated planning events. Like I liked going to them. I liked showing up, but, um, like the actual logistics behind putting them together, it's, it's a lot. I mean, you know, that is the most like, uh, maybe not the most, but that is the most like underrated job ever. Like nobody thinks about how hard that job is. It's wildly stressful. And you know what? And then, and then this is, and I'm going to touch on this one thing because you'll know exactly what I'm (laughs) talking about. And then we'll get off this topic. The most frustrating thing about it all is that you plan and you plan and you plan. Oh. And then the days there and you put on this amazing event, but you're working the whole damn time. Exactly. And then the events over, it's just like everybody who has a wedding and they blink and they wake up and they're like, I didn't even get to enjoy it. <laughs> it's like, exactly. I think that's the most defeating yes. like moment. It's like, you're so excited. You're so excited. And it's like the biggest letdown because you didn't even get oh, to yeah. enjoy <laughs> that you put together. You're like, all I have is a dress with like 12 different kinds of wine spilled on it. (laughs) My feet hurt. And that's all I have to remember it by. Oh my God. It's, it's horrible. But so my love (laughs) and appreciation goes out to all the event planners out there. I love you. Um, wow. I love that story. So we've, we've mentioned this in conversation, the word yet. Okay. And I know that this applies to kind of what you were just talking about, like, well, I can't do it yet. Or, you know, just that word in general, you can put it in so many different ways or so many different contexts, but why is this, the word yet so powerful to you? And in what context does it really just light your fire? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, think about it. It changes the structure of any sentence. Mm. When you add the word yet to the end, it literally changes everything. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's not just like, 
grammatically throwing in a word that changes mm. a sentence. It's a, it's an entire narrative shift. It's an entire mindset shift. Right. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I'm feeling kind of down on myself where I'm like, oh, why, why doesn't my business look like hers? Why am I not growing as fast? We started at the same time. Why is she getting this? And I'm not, why, you know, can I not figure this out? Why am I not getting this thing in my business or whatever? I mean, you tack on the word yet, and it literally changes the way that you're thinking about the problem Mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, you know, I just don't know what I need to know yet. It almost solidifies your thought. Sorry. No, absolutely. It does a hundred percent. And I mean, it literally changes the way you think about it. Mm -hmm. But I also like to focus on the fact that I I've turned yet into an acronym And we can sit here and we can think about the future and we can think about, okay, this just hasn't happened for me yet. And that's a great way to think of it versus this just isn't happening for me. But I also think yet is about embracing where you're at now, right? We can't have yet if we don't have now. And so for me, when I think about the word yet, I think it stands for you embrace today. You embrace Yeah. Like, I think you, you've got to sit in the moment and say, okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm not there yet. It doesn't mean I won't get there. I'm going to get there, but I'm not there yet. But instead of focusing on there, instead of focusing on the end of this road, instead of focusing on this thing that I have not yet achieved, I'm going to focus on now. I'm going to focus on what I have to do better, what I have to do more of, what I have to do more consistently, what I have to focus on to actually get me there and close the distance. And I'm going to enjoy this time and embrace this time because where I'm currently at is already farther along than where I was. I'm already living a life that I didn't imagine I could live. I'm already the type of person that I didn't know I could be. I'm already stronger than I ever thought I would be. So this is yet from yesterday, right? And I'm here and I'm going to revel in it and I'm going to stand in it and I'm going to own it while doing the things that are going to get me to the yet for tomorrow, right? I love this. Oh my gosh. I love when people come up with their own acronyms to shift what puts us in a negative mindset unknowingly, because when we use the word yet, we don't realize what we're actually saying to ourselves subconsciously. So then when we create this acronym to just literally shift the narrative, like you say, I love when people do that. So I'm all about a good acronym. (laughs) Oh, me too. I love them. I, if I could have like acronym t-shirts my whole life, like that's all I would wear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I love this because this sets me up for my next question because yet it has a lot to do with confidence building, right? So you and I are both in the social media space. We love social media. So when showing up confidently, you know, eliminating that word yet, or embracing the acronym of the word yet, you know, um, how does somebody show up confidently? What would be your three tips to somebody that wants to show up confidently or needs more confidence on social media? Yeah, I think three things. One, speak to one person, right? Mm -hmm. How often do we get on social media? We go live or we get on stories or we do whatever. And we're like, Hey, you guys, Hey all like, 
Hi, everybody. I know I'm calling me out. I'm calling you out, but I'm calling myself out. I do it too. We all do it. Like every single one of us do it. And we're constantly just like, oh, if anybody wants to buy this, or if anybody out there feels this way, or, you know, if those of you watching this have ever experienced this and people blow right by that because they don't feel connected to it. And then we get distraught over it because we're like, why is nobody watching this? Why is nobody commenting? Why is nobody giving me these vanity metrics that I need for my ego, right? And let's face it, we've all been there. We've all done that. I do it every single day. Like, don't act like you don't. (laughs) You can say say you've gotten over the vanity metrics, but we all feel like we need them, right? Mm -hmm. To a degree. And that's just because we're human and we need that validation. But if you really want to connect with people and you really want that validation, you want the people who are commenting like crazy, you want the people who are sending you DMs, who are so connected with what you're saying, then you have to give them something to connect with. And -hmm. if you're speaking directly to one person, they're going to feel like they're that one. So Mm -hmm. if instead of they, you say you. It's it's those little tiny shifts and it's really knowing exactly who you're speaking to and who your ideal customer or your ideal follower is and speaking directly to them. What is their pain point? What are they struggling with? What did they get excited about? Speak directly to them as if you're talking to your best friend. Number one, it works. (laughs) It gives you that validation you need. It gets people in the door. That's how you get customers. That's going to make you feel way more confident anyway in the long run. But number two, it's way less scary to think about doing a reel or hopping on a live or getting on stories, knowing that you're only talking to one person instead of, oh, I have 5,000 followers. Let me go talk to these 5,000 followers, right? We're way more likely to show up if we think only one person is going to see us mess up, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it that way, again, it's just a mindset shift to go in and say, okay, you know what? I'm only speaking to this one person. So who cares if they see me mess up? Let me actually get on and do that. So that would be my my first thing. My second thing is find those people that really support you, right? Find those friends like like this. Find people like us who who you just you get to know somebody outside of just their business, right? Mm-hmm. You learn about their kids or you learn about their backstory or you learn about what gets them excited or that they also hate morning routines, right? Or whatever. You learn these things and you you create this bond, you get connected. Mm-hmm. Find those people who are willing to support you on social media, who give you that validation that you say you don't need, but you actually do, who show up and comment on every post with the little heart eye emojis and and send you the little hand claps to every story that you post. Find those people who are going to support you because that support system is everything. And when you can tap into that when you need to, I mean, that's going to boost your business. It's going to boost your confidence. It really, truly helps. And I don't believe that we are meant to do business alone. Like absolutely mm-hmm. communicate, communicate, collaborate, have that community with other people because it's so incredibly important and it's going to make all the difference. Mm-hmm. And my third thing is stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Thank you. <laughs> like if you, if you want to actually be a more confident person and feel more confident on social media you have to stop looking at what everybody else is doing. You have to stop scrolling. You have to stop comparing and you just have to start creating, right? I 
love scrolling social media. I love it. I love scrolling through Instagram and looking at everybody else's business posts and looking at what all my friends are doing. I love it. But I don't do it on the days where I feel like I'm struggling to create for myself because I know what it's going to cause. Yeah. And, and something that I, I coach to my students too, through my master classes, when we're going through like a week of imposter syndrome or just showing up confidently is this is so powerful. What you just said, because I encourage them, like there's there's people that we follow on social media that we look to, like, for example, you, I was giving you so much praise about your website and how much I love it and the design, but it doesn't make me feel like I'm showing up any less. So there's people that we look at in social media that we admire and that inspire us. But then there's people that we look at on social media that really put us in a not confident space because we're comparing and it let's be real comparing sometimes comes from jealousy. Mm. Um, so it's like, if you, if you're not feeling inspired, but yet you're feeling jealous and you start to compare yourself, like you will not amount to said person. I tell my students to unfollow those people. Now hear me when I say this, I had to unfollow one of my best friends and I love her to death, but when I would see some of her posts, I started to see this jealousy rise in me. And even though she's still one of my best friends today, I didn't want to, I didn't want to resent her for her success because she was doing great, but it was something about her posts that made me feel less as a person myself. So I had to say just I didn't block her, but I unfollowed her just so I didn't see those posts in my feed day to day. We can go to lunch. We can have light. We can do all the things, but it was just something I had to do for my personal self. And I explained this to her. Like it has, it's not her. It's me. Like, I don't know what my deal is with what I, when I see her posts, but you know, we all have this and I think it's okay to admit that, but it's such a powerful thing. And I hope people really take that tip because, um, you have to show up confidently. And if you're constantly showing up and just seeing a Rolodex, you know, of people that make you jealous or intimidate you or make you feel less than what you could possibly be, then you just need to remove. Well, and I think it's also safe to say that like, sometimes that comes in seasons, right? Yeah, it absolutely. Use the unfollow button. If somebody gets really just angry at you, after you've explained that like, Hey, it's for my own like mental health here that I have to unfollow you for just a little while. And it's nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. If they're upset about that, they were never your friend in the first place. Exactly. I mean, how ever somebody you wanted to be connected with, like, what is that? I mean, how offended could you be with me saying, Haley, you're so on fire. And like everything you're doing is making me feel less of a human. Like, are you really going to get mad at that? Like it's a compliment compliment at the end of the day. It's, you know, not exactly the one you want to hear because you never want to feel like you're making people feel that way, but it's not the end of the world. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if one less follower on social media is actually going to change your life, then you have a sad life. You oh my God. Up, yeah. You have set up a life that is 
destined for disappointment, right? I say it all the time to my husband. It's like, if my relationship, not with him, but with a person, if my relationship with you is dependent of, on our friendship status on social media, then clearly we did not have a strong relationship to begin with. Into that. Oh my gosh. So utilize the unfollow button. Understand that it may be in seasons because maybe Mm -hmm. you're jealous of something that you go out and get right. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm not jealous anymore. I can follow this person back. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And it's such an unpopular opinion to say, Hey, unfollow people that don't make you happy in this moment right now, because the follow button will always still be there later. It's such an unpopular opinion, but Mm -hmm. it is the opinion that everybody needs to hear because it, it makes all the difference. It really changes the game on you being able to safely and efficiently scroll through social media and not wreck your own life and not self-sabotage, right? Like it just, uh, I could, we could go on all day. Oh my gosh. I know. But I know we could, we need to have like, this is part one. have parts to our conversation. Like I said, if you're listening, like you can just tell, I love this girl to death. Like she, (laughs) I just adore her. I swear. She's like my sister. We could talk forever. So let's just, let's, let's start to wrap this up for people, but I still want people to get really in touch with what you're doing because what you're doing is just amazing. And everything you touch turns to gold. (laughs) So I'm curious, what's a project right now? that you're working on that you're super excited about? Um, my book, I'm writing a book. I announced I am writing a book. I announced it back in January, but I haven't like talked about it that much because I'm still in the process of actually like sending out book queries, trying to get an agent. It is, it's a long process (laughs) y'all. I don't don't want to do it. It's a lot. But I'm super excited. It is tentatively titled Over It. Um, and it's all about getting out of the boxes that you've been put in in your life and letting go of these words and phrases and titles and taglines that you have but never asked for. Um, and just learning to let that fall away and embrace who you are. And I just, you know... I think it's so relevant right now. And that's why I'm so excited about it because it's my story, but I feel like it's, it's one of those stories that everybody can relate to, Mm. you know, and everybody can see themselves in. Um, So I'm really excited. I'm like working on that here and there. I'm in the process of trying to get an agent and it's a lot, but oh my gosh, I'm so excited about it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. I mean, it's funny because my family used to own their own publishing company, but for like the no medical, way. yeah, for a medical journal, um, in like for the medical journal industry, a lot of pharmaceutical books and stuff like that. Um, and I grew up around that. It was called Harvey Whitney books. My grandfather's name was Harvey Whitney. And so that's where my first name came from. That's so um, cool. yeah. And he, my grandparents were very prominent in the pharmaceutical world, but growing up around that, it was like, I've always had this itch for wanting to do it. But then I saw like the the back, which is, these are the parts that I would never deal with. This is why you have an editor and all the things, Right. right. But my grandfather was the editor and I saw all the all the stacks of paperwork yep. <laughs> and the red marks through words. And like, we got to edit this. And I think I saw that. And I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to <laughs> go down this 
road. I love but it. I need to That's remind okay, myself though. like from this PTSD as a child where we <laughs> books, um, that that's not anything that I would really have to deal with. So I've always aspired to write a book, but I'll I'll wait and watch all of my friends do it first before I (laughs) I do it. So I'm here to support that. And that's, that's super exciting. Um, so yeah, that leads me into my next question. I love asking this question. I ask everybody that comes on this podcast, this question, what is a favorite life quote verse saying that you have for yourself, whether it's your own or somebody else's? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to I'm going to go with my own cuz I tell myself this Ooh. all the time. Okay. Uh, I tell my clients this, I tell everybody this. Ambition is useless without action. Mm. I think that's really important to remember because I am one of those people that very much believes in big goals, very audacious dreams. Nothing is out of reach. You can absolutely achieve anything. But at the end of the day, if all you're doing is dreaming about it and all you're doing is talking about it and you never actually take action on it, then you're never going to get it and you're never going to get there, right? And I'm a big believer in being a huge dreamer, but even more so in being a huge doer, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just be a dreamer. You have to be a doer. And I believe ambition is useless without action. You can have all the ambition in the world, but if you don't take action on it, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's so true. And, and you, you saying that makes me think to um, when I was in serious team building mode in the direct sales industry, um, I built an amazing team and a company. And, you know, when you have so many people working with you, right? There's just all, there's people that are really hungry and they are showing that action. They're going for it. And then you have the people that really desire what the other people are doing, but they're not really putting in the the footwork. Right. And that was basically something I would say, like your mouth is, it, it can say so many things, but that's not going to show me anything until I see your feet in action. Yep. And that, that basically the way you say it is so much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with my mom constantly saying actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And I feel like that's where it comes from. Cause we've all heard that saying, right. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I found myself and I've always been a very action oriented person. I'm like, let's go out and get it done. Like, but I did find myself with a lot of really big goals kind of sitting around telling my husband like, oh, someday when we have this, someday Mm. when I do that, someday this, someday that, someday never comes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially if you're not actually like taking steps in that direction. And so Mm you know, that for me, it, it ties in with that whole yet thing that we talked Mm -hmm. about earlier and embracing where you're at, but focused on where you're going. And I just, I think you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the action on the days when you don't want to, on the days when nobody else is like, I honestly believe the most successful people in the world, the most successful entrepreneurs in the world are literally just the people that outlasted everybody else around them. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. It's not, some special magic skill. It's not just that they are more personable than somebody else. It's not any of those things. It's literally outlasting everybody else who quit. Mm, So true. And so powerful. I love that. Well, Haley, I want to know, and I'm sure so many people are listening, if they've been listening this long, we've had (laughs) such a really good conversation. I hope so, because this was just really good and juicy. Um, But how can people stay 
connected with you? How can they be in your inner circle? Where are you hanging out? Where are you showing up? Do you have a newsletter? Are you, where are you on social media? Tell me all the things. And then we'll put it all on the show notes too. All the things you can find me on all the things. Um, Mm -hmm. HaleyLuckadoo.com. It's my website. It has all the free stuff. Uh, where you can hop on the newsletter, you can check out the blog, you can check out the podcast, which is Females on Fire. It's all there on HaleyLuckadoo.com. I am at HaleyLuckadoo on every social media platform. I am on them all, but uh, not consistently posting content on them all. I am pretty much always on Instagram. So that's the best place to find me. Obviously, we connected on Clubhouse, so you know I'm there a little bit, but, um, I love Instagram. I practically live on that platform. So if you really want to find me, the website and Instagram are the places to go. Hey, hey, friends. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Uno Moss podcast. How can you help support us moving forward? Head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us your review. We love hearing back from you and what you're liking best by listening to this podcast. And if you are wanting to elevate your brand, position yourself successfully in an online space and increase your profits, then head on over to socialsavvyinfluencer.com and see how you can connect and get involved with me even more. I look forward to Unomas podcast next week. Mm-hmm.